The rake might be watching you sleep tonight. This world is a strange one. It's hard to discount the multitude of strange sightings of humanoid creatures, of pale, barely human things that crawl on all fours with unnaturally thin limbs. It seems like an almost daily basis now that I receive accounts of people's sightings of a beast that looks far too similar to the monster from the rake creepypasta. So, in honor of these rash of sightings all over the globe, I'll be sharing with you five real sightings of the rake. But first, a grateful shout out goes out to Auntie V, Christina S, and Scott G for being amazing and donating to our website. For more information on that or to share your Bigfoot or Goatman sightings, go to darknessprevails.org. Thanks. Now, let the nightmares begin. Number one, Cyanide Hill, submitted by Izzy Baines. This is the story of my cousin and I in Caldwell, Texas. The town is extremely small and is about 50 or 60 miles northeast of Austin. A lot of people on my dad's mother's family lives there and I've been going there since I was five. Now I visit at least twice a year. This town is close to central Texas and if you're from here, you know that that means the place is gonna be full of rolling hills and it's very country and very old school. One time while babysitting my second cousin's youngest, the neighbor was literally a stone's throw away. They helped train and nurture abused animals. They had a two-year-old pit bull that was trained to be a fighting dog, and unfortunately, they believed it was able to be restrained. The pit broke its chain and jumped the short three-foot fence, and it tried to attack my cousin. I shoved my arm down its throat and hit it a few times with a rock. Then I dragged it over to the neighbors and knocked on the door. When they came out, I told them, if that dog breaks the chain again and attacks my family, I'll put a bullet in its freaking head. Now, if I said that in Houston... I would have got arrested for a terroristic threatening or something like that. But out there, that's life, and that's how you handle things. This all happened when I was 13, and I was working at a chicken farm to get money. I was saving up to buy my first base. Eventually, I got the money, and I was practicing all the time. But my cousin Bill was a very adventurous person. It was my weekend off, so we snuck out of my great-grandmother's house, hopped in his car, and explored the local land. This is not something we should have done, mostly because we were trespassing and they could have shot us if they wanted to. The place we were exploring was covered in hills and had bananas and almonds growing all around it. The two of us eventually called it Cyanide Hill. The first three nights, nothing happened. We explored and picked bananas to eat while listening to coyotes and sometimes howled with them. It would throw them off and then sometimes they'd follow suit with us. But the fourth day left me and Bill scared and terrified for weeks after. I still see it in my dreams, and the idea of its claws on me again makes me feel like I am being dragged to the deepest depths of hell. When we went to Cyanide Hill, we always packed heat. I had a 357 Colt Python while my cousin had his Bushmaster ACR. I felt like we were on a black ops mission in Central America. Soon, I stopped to use the bathroom and I told Bill to wait for me, but I don't think he heard me because when I turned around, he was gone. The area was unusually thick for forest. The banana trees were set in circles and only in certain areas so the owner could get them all. I walked around quietly, calling Bill's name. I didn't want to say anything too loud to alert unwanted attention. Again, we were trespassing. Soon, I gave up and just aimlessly wandered till I noticed the woods were quiet. 
I mean, there were no crickets, no cicadas, no toads, no coyotes. It was nothing. All I could hear was my breathing and my boots on the summer grass. Then, I could hear movement behind me, but I stayed still. The movement didn't sound human, though. It wasn't the slow one, two of human footsteps. It was an odd pattern. N no, there wasn't a pattern at all. It was a jumble of steps, not like a human, but more like a drunk horse or something. But at the same time, they were fluid and had a purpose, if that makes sense. I refused to move, and I breathed very quietly. I was keeping my hand on the handle of the gun for the ready. But then, it stopped. It's not fooling me. It was either still there or it climbed a tree or something. It couldn't just disappear. It had to be there. My curiosity got the best of me, and as quietly as I could, I peeked around the tree, and I saw it. It was on all fours. It was about three and a half feet tall. Its skin was pale white, and it was covered in scars. On each of its hands were five long fingers, on each hand ending with claws. It had no lips, and its eyes seemed empty. I couldn't tell because the moon didn't have much lighting at the time. Everything was so dim. Then it stood, and I swear it had to be seven and a half feet tall. It stood above a branch that me and my cousin later measured to be seven feet. Its shoulders were grazing it. It wasn't skinny, but more on the lean side now that I looked at it. I couldn't see any bones, but it wasn't thick either. Then it started to sniff around and looked right at me, and it let out a loud noise that sounded like a large or giant lizard hissing at me. I had another 12 rounds in my pocket, so I pulled out my guns, stepped around the tree, and shot three bullets towards it. I have no idea if it hit, but I think it did, because it flinched and I saw blood dripping. Then it looked up at me and I realized it was pissed. I began to run. I looked back and I could see this thing. It wasn't running, but more lumbering towards me, and it was catching up fast. I had no idea what I was going to do. If this thing caught me, I was screwed. I kept running until I came to a clearing, and then something grabbed onto my leg. I fell to the ground face first, and it pulled me back a few feet. It slammed one hand next to me for balance and gripped my entire head in its other hand, sniffing me and breathing all over me for a good 30 seconds. And let me tell you, the smell wasn't very nice. That's when I knew it. This was it. I was going to die. I was going to be mauled or eaten alive by this monster in the middle of nowhere. I started to cry and scream. Then it reared its head back like it was in confusion. It jumped off of me and ran back in the direction of where I shot it. I lay there in the dirt for a long time. I was traumatized, terrified, petrified. I don't know how long I laid there, but I didn't care. But then I heard Bill. I stood up quick, and I realized that he was at the bottom of the hill. I searched and found my gun, holstered it, and slid down to the bottom of the hill. Down there, Bill was cocking his ACR over and over like some madman. I took his gun, and I helped him to his feet, and together we walked back to the car. This time, I drove home. I know Bill saw the creature that I did because the next day, he had drawn pictures of the thing at least 20 times. After a couple of days, he went back to normal, but he insisted that we would see it again. I don't know why he's saying that. Immediately after, I began looking up sightings and videos of the thing on the internet. And let me tell you, it's astonishing how much footage and alleged sightings there are. 
I'm not the only one seeing this thing. I don't know what this creature was, the rake, skinwalker, or wendigo, but I don't know why it let me live, and I have no idea how it exists so naturally. This thing, it's not right. Maybe I'll never know, and somehow I'm fine with that. Number two, rake at my window. Submitted by The Countess. This summer, I was dealing with the paranormal on a daily basis. I'm in my late teens and I live in a heavily wooded area in Colorado. Every night, objects would move on their own. I would see dark figures out of the corner of my eye. But things began to escalate, big time. I started waking up with cuts and scratches on my body. And every time I was alone, I would have an unshakable feeling of dread that would grow worse and worse until someone finally showed up. I'm pagan, so I started doing regular cleansings, blessings, and such on my house, which made things a little better, but eventually the activity would just rise up again. It was starting to get to me. Then I started to notice a figure out of my windows at night, but when I tried to get a better look at it, the thing would simply vanish. All I could really see was that it had pale gray skin, no hair, no fur, and it was literally skinny, just bones with skin hanging off. One night, I decided to take a hot bath to calm myself down a bit. I lit up a cigarette and tried to just fall into a relaxed state, trying my best not to think about what had been going on lately. That overwhelming feeling of dread suddenly came over me. I tried to brush it off as me just being paranoid, but it only got worse. At the time, my bathroom needed some retouching, so the window didn't have any curtains or blinds covering it up. I opened my eyes to put out my cigarette, and when I glanced over to the reflective faucet on the tub, I realized that the feeling of dread that was all over me was very much warranted. I saw the faucet reflecting the window, and in the window, there was that same terrifying figure from before I knew I needed to get the hell out of there. I grabbed a towel, trying not to panic. On instinct, stupid me, I looked out of the window, and I saw this thing in full detail, something I believe now to be the rake. The thing was trying to open the window, and it was staring straight at me as it did it. The part that will always haunt me is that it had no eyes, just two black holes. It was very clear that the thing was staring at me, though. Now, I know it's a fictional story, a creepypasta, but if you Google the rake and click on images, you'll find exactly what I saw that night. I'm talking about pale, humanoid features with a black mouth that seems unhinged. It was extremely skinny, all of that. Immediately, I stopped trying to pretend to be calm, and I ran out of the bathroom. Needless to say... I didn't get any sleep that night. Part of it was spent locking and checking all the doors and windows multiple times. I wish my story ended there, but it doesn't. A few weeks ago, I was sleeping soundly, cuddled up next to my cat. Then I heard a knocking sound on my bedroom window, and it woke me up. At first, I thought it was just a confused bird or something. The knocking started off very light and rhythmic, but as I ignored it, it grew more rapid, and it lost its rhythm. It almost sounded angry. Within a few minutes, it was intense enough to shake my bed a little. 
Soon enough, my cat became curious. She went over to the window and she pawed the curtain open to take a look. And as soon as she did, her tail got puffy and she hissed. Then she jumped down and ran as fast as she could under my bed to hide. I honestly don't know what she saw that night and I don't want to know. And just because it's from a short horror story doesn't make it any less real. For all we know, the story was describing a real creature that has existed long before it. This rake, this humanoid pale thing, it's out there and I don't want to see it again. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number three, please be a bear. Submitted by your boy. It was a cold November night at my house. Well, to give background about myself, I live in a very backwoodsy part of Maine. Bears are almost an everyday sight, whether it's out the window or in front of you or beside you on a hike. Now, I'm a rather large kid. Not fat, but more built. It's something that's genetic. I'm definitely bigger than other 13-year-olds. Yes, I dabble in the paranormal, and yeah, the furnace turning on all of a sudden scares the hell out of me, but none of that compares to this event. Now, I'm often home alone, like during this story. I'm usually with my 80-pound puppy Fergus, who I usually call Blastoise because he hates turtles. This starts when he's wanting out to do his average business. He usually barks at the door when he needs to go pee. We walk out to a very eerie and silent night. The cold hits my bare skin like a train. It wasn't only cold, though. There was this wretched smell out there. I don't know what it was, but I just assumed it was a skunk. Maybe some unlucky animal crossed its path. My stubborn dog pushes me onward. He pees at the end of the driveway at last, and then we start walking toward the house, and he's nudging me more like hurting me toward it. As I look at the house, though, I see motion in the backyard, which triggers the lights. Then I hear this chilling sound of feet crunching on leaves. The next thing is eternally burned into my mind. It is the most hellish scream, and it rips through the air as me and Fergus sprint in fear towards the hopefully safe house. This creature was an unholy sight as it appeared at the back left of my house. It was a bony, nasty, horrid beast 
It had gray skin all over, pale, almost white actually. Every so often there was a tuft of brown fur. It looked like it just didn't belong there. It had round, defined eyes with a gaping mouth. The thing was as tall as a moose, which is massive in real life. They're about seven to nine feet tall. As I said before, I'm bigger than the average kid my age, and I was utterly inferior to this thing. It was coming at us with its long, lanky limbs. I sprint into the house and I secured all the doors and windows. Then I ran and grabbed a bat. I don't even consider taking off Fergus's leash as we escape to my parents' room. They have a lock on their door and they have guns. Nothing happened for the rest of the night, but after this experience, I always check the backyard through the windows inside before going out to walk the dog. I hope, God, I hope that that thing was some bear. Just a mangy, starving, deformed bear. Number four, a cough saved my life. Submitted by Jason Lee. This happened when I was about 16 years old. I am 27 now, but what happened has changed everything. I live in West Virginia, where there's mountains all around, and I grew up in the woods. You know, hunting, camping, riding four-wheelers. So one day, me and two of my friends, Brian and Jesse, went out on our ATVs to find a place to camp that weekend. It was a Thursday, and we wanted to find the perfect spot to camp on Saturday. We went pretty far into the woods to try and find the best spot we could, because we were bringing our girlfriends as well. So we get probably five or six miles back in the woods and find this little lake, and that's when we all knew that we had found the spot. We get off and check everything to make sure it wasn't private property and to make sure nothing was out of the ordinary. There were no signs and there wasn't a house for miles. This is it, Jesse said, and we all agreed it was perfect. So we all get back on our four-wheelers and we head back knowing that Saturday was going to be a night to remember. But what we didn't know was that it would be the worst night of our lives. So the next day we get all of our gear loaded up Fishing poles, tents, sleeping bags. We made sure everything was in order. We made sure we got everything we needed to make it a fun night, including three bottles of Mad Dog and a 30-pack of Bud Light and a cooler. We were ready. We all meet up at about 11 o'clock Saturday morning, and we headed out to our perfect camping spot. When we got there, it was great. We put up our tents, got firewood, set everything up. The girls loved it too. Well, except for Brian's girlfriend. We'll call her Cat. She said she felt very uneasy, but we just figured it was because she never went camping before. Anyway, we started fishing and swimming, and we were drinking, just doing everything teenagers do. But Kat just kept looking around. She would not join in on anything. She just sat there by the lake. Finally, it started to get dark. So we built up the fire, made some hot dogs, and just sat around, talking, telling stories, everything you do when you camp. It's about 11.30 when Jesse's girl, Sam, says she's going to go pee, and Kat says she'll go with her. They're gone maybe four minutes, when all of a sudden, they break through the trees, running, coming back. They're almost screaming, saying Kat had seen something behind a tree, something watching them. I grab my 9mm Smith, and me and Jesse go to check it out. We don't see anything, so we assume that we had just scared the girls with campfire stories. We get back and tell them that there was nothing there, but Kat says she knows what she saw and wants to leave now. 
We get her to chill out, and me having a gun maybe it put her mind at ease. After about 30 or 45 minutes, we were all ready to lay down and spend alone time with our significant others. At that point, no one's even thinking about what Kat saw anymore. I wish we would have left though, because about an hour goes by and my girl Lindsay is asleep, but I'm just laying there listening to the sounds of the woods when I hear footsteps. Now, at first, I think it's one of the others, but then I could tell whoever was walking was trying to do it quietly. The footsteps stop right at the entrance to our tent. I start to freak out a bit. I'm not making a sound and I'm trying to be still, and for at least three minutes, I sat there. Then I watched as the zipper went down slowly. I reached out to grab my gun, but I remembered. I left it in my bag, by the campfire, outside. So stupid, I'm thinking. The zipper only continues for about six inches, slowly, when suddenly Lindsay coughs in her sleep, and the zipping stops. Lindsay has no idea that there's someone or something trying to sneak into our tent. I hear nothing for about five minutes, and then those footsteps start again, this time sneaking away from our tent. I can't move, I'm so terrified. All I can do is stay quiet and hope it doesn't come back. Half an hour passes when all of a sudden the most crazy evil sounding scream I have ever heard comes from the next tent over, which is Brian and Kat's. I hear them screaming too. No, please, no. That's it. I jump up and I'm running out of the tent. Lindsay is awake now and she's right behind me. I run right to my bag and grab the gun. Of course, Lindsay's terrified and keeps close to me. She has no idea what's happening. I really don't either. I head toward their tent quickly, and what I see still haunts my dreams to this day. A pale, human-like thing is crawling into their tent. It has white, long arms with long claws at the end, and the length of its fingers were unnatural. Immediately, I aim and I fire. I, I don't know if I hit it, but the thing crawls back out of the tent and looks up at me with its yellow eyes. Now, I'm shaking as it starts galloping towards us. Lindsay is screaming and I fire again and it takes off into the woods, once more screaming that god-awful scream. I look up to see Jesse and Sam are out of their tent as well and they saw everything go down. So we go up to Brian and Kat's tent to check on them. They're huddled together, petrified. But where that thing had crawled in, the tent was torn to shreds. The three girls were crying, Jesse puked, and I felt like I was in a nightmare. I immediately scanned the woods, hoping whatever that was did not come back. Jesse and the girls were all huddled up to me as we made our way to the ATVs. I'm looking into the woods still, pointing the gun, ready for anything. We get to the ATV, but I realize the keys to it are in the tent, in my pants pocket. About that time, we hear the thing scream again. I tell them to wait. I have to go back and get the keys. I didn't have a choice. As much as I didn't want to, I had to go back. I ran as fast as I possibly could. I grabbed the keys and I ran back to the ATV. And then I hear this thing coming out of the woods. I look and it's running right at me. I raised the gun and I began to fire. I, I think I hit it because it yelped and screamed and it turned back into the woods again. I hopped onto the ATV and we rode the hell out of there so fast that I'm surprised we didn't wreck and kill ourselves. We went right to the cops and told them everything that had happened. They went up to where we were. 
they came back after what seemed like forever, and they asked us to return there with them. By this time, it was easier because it was day. We get back. Everything was destroyed. The tents are ripped up. Stuff is thrown everywhere. Then they start telling us that it looks like a bear did this. I'm trying to tell them that no, this wasn't a bear, and they tell me that we were just drunk and must have mistaken it. I know what I saw. I know what all of us saw, and whatever that was, it wasn't even close to being a bear. It's over 10 years later, and the image in my mind is as vivid as ever. They actually did write it up as a black bear attack. I never talked about it to anyone. Jesse and Sam got married and moved to Florida. Lindsay and I broke up and she moved away, so I don't know how she is. What still gets me, though, is that whatever it was, it visited our tent first, but Lindsay's cough had somehow scared it away or something, and it went straight to Brian and Kat's tent. I don't know why, but I know a cough saved my life. I had no gun, and this thing could have just waltzed in, and if it had, I have no idea what it would have done to us. And number five, Creepy Sighting of the Rake, submitted by Thomas R. This is a very early memory I have of an encounter with a strange creature. In fact, this is one of my only encounters with it. But here's some backstory. My mom and dad had just recently divorced, and my mom had moved out. Soon she found a guy through my uncle's wife. They hit it off, and eventually she moved in with him. But soon after, we had moved from the small town of East Lynn all the way to a small house just next to the Justice Center of Harrisonville, just to get to school easier. However, this house was very peculiar. It was a very secluded place, hidden away in the forest near the town. The house itself looked very nice. However, there was an old rickety bar next to it. It was overgrown with plants, which always gave me the chills. Eventually, I just ignored it. It made myself think it was an old barn that someone had built to keep their livestock. Later on, Mom had gotten a job at Denny's in the nearby town of Peculiar, which was 10 or 11 minutes away. However, she didn't get off work until around 30 minutes or so after I got out of school. And she was never too keen on keeping the door unlocked while there was no one home, so I had to wait on her or her boyfriend to come home just to unlock the door to get inside. So... As usual, I get off the bus, take my walk up the driveway, which wasn't too long, up to the porch, and I begin my wait. And of course, I got bored, so I began to swing a stick around like a sword, until I heard a branch break. What I saw when I turned around was simply horrifying. I turned to see a tall, sickly, white, pale figure creeping up behind me, and it was only a few meters away. I guess I spooked it, as it ran very fast back into the depths of the forest. A few minutes later, my mom drives up the driveway, and I tell her exactly what I saw. But like any other parent, she says it was just an animal that came up to see me, or to see what I was doing, and that I spooked it when I turned around. Now skip ahead to a few months later. It's nighttime, and eventually my brothers, my mom's boyfriend's sons, and I decided to play hide-and-seek in the dark. The house had a big field nearby, and it was great for playing all sorts of games, such as tag and hide-and-seek. Now, the first two people who seek are my little brother and my mom's boyfriend's youngest son, and eventually they find us, and we all walk back up to the entrance of the field to start again. This time, it's my older brother and my mom's boyfriend's oldest son's turn to seek, and everyone ends up hiding behind the house. 
They find us with ease and we all walk back to the field again for another round, when suddenly, my brother and my mom's boyfriend's oldest son look behind us and then they take off running towards the house. As any younger sibling would do, we all follow. We get back into the house and I asked why we stopped playing and why they just took off. My older brother tells me that they saw a tall figure near a light pole in the center of the field. They said the thing was so tall that it took both their flashlights just to light up the whole body of the thing. I no longer live in that house. My mom and her boyfriend broke up, but later got back together and are now married. I've done some research ever since those encounters. The creature that I had seen and heard of was most likely the rake. Yeah, I know it comes from a fictional story, a creepypasta, but that doesn't mean it's not real. For all we know, that story's based off of a real creature, or it was a coincidence that it looked like something that's real and undiscovered. In the story, even, it's said to be a tall and sickly pale white creature. It's said to stalk humans and is known to lurk in wooded areas. I feel very fortunate that this creature didn't begin to stalk me. I tried to avoid that house now and that forest, just to avoid seeing that same sickly paleness of the creature's skin. When you hear the clawing at your window, the odd knocking at your front door, Let's hope you're at least hesitant to check it out. But when you go to bed, make sure you lock all the doors and windows and that there are no holes to crawl through because the rake is known to watch his victim sleep. No worries though, he'll wait for you to wake up before he makes you his next victim. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget, if you've seen the Goatman or Bigfoot, we want to hear your story soon, so send it at darknessprevails.org slash submit. Thanks. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.